Our Bible reading is from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, from verse 15 to 22, and I read, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and, he, and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. May God bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a Britney mic today. That's never happened before. Um, I'm quite an expressive person with my arms, so it might have been a mistake, so we'll see what happens. The mic keeps me contained. I am not contained this morning. Um, but, you know, I think that's a good thing sometimes. Um, it's so lovely to be with you this morning and a real pleasure to be kicking off a new series. I don't think I've been allowed to do that before. Um, we're looking at a series called The Emotionally Healthy Church. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I've said this to a few people, I think this might be my most favorite series ever. Put the word emotion in any of its variations into a series title, I'm all in, 100%. Um, I'm the kind of person who's more likely to ask you the question, and how is your heart, than to ask you, how is your weekend? Um, I know some of you might be cringing inwardly at that question. Don't worry, I'll find you later. Reese. Um, emotions are like my currency Um, I have managed to orientate much of my work around them I get paid to feel and to talk about feelings win-win helping teenagers to navigate and negotiate their inner worlds has become the privilege of my life and I've wondered a lot this week about why that is, and I've kind of come to a bit of an uncomfortable realization that my capacity to relate to and empathize with them is partly because there are parts of me that still respond to and experience life in a very adolescent way. Um, Parts of me are still maturing and forming how I regulate my big feelings because they are big. Um, how I attune to the people around me, how uh, the stories I tell myself about who I am. All my life, I have wrestled with the feeling and experience of being too much for people, for being too intense, for feeling too much. Uh, Maybe some of you can relate to that. Um, And I'm still on a journey of learning to celebrate and honor the depth that God has put within me, like um, a deep, dark, swirling, bottomless ocean. It's great. It's really fun. 
Um, exploring how to become emotionally healthy is essential for the transformation of our character on our road to discipleship with Jesus. Um, it just is. Emotional maturity and health and spiritual health, they're, they're just inseparable. Um, Augustine poses the question, um, how can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? Um, now, we're not going to force you to take a deep dive into your emotional world over the next six weeks, but we are going to keep making the invitation for you, which I really hope you'll take up. And it's an invitation to begin to notice and become curious about yourself and your emotions, to reflect on the way that your past and your family of origin has formed you, um, to um, consider how to live more vulnerably, to recognize where your limits are, to learn why embracing grief and loss are so important, and how to integrate all of that into a new model of living with and like Jesus. Uh, in the verses we just heard read beautifully by Zinni, we're reminded that the main project of God is to reconcile us to himself and to make us holy like him. He is creating durable beauty in all of us, and that takes time, and it requires your participation. Um, in our first session of the series this morning, I'm going to be inviting you to begin to look beneath the surface. Some of you are like, yes, let's do this. Others are like, where's the nearest exit? Bad luck, it's over there, and I'm going to see you being able to try to leave. And then I might get you up here and ask you questions like, how is your heart in front of everybody? Uh, and nobody wants to do that. I would. Um, I'm currently trying to plunge myself into a cold river every week uh, because it's fun. Um, an important part of the process for me is getting my head under, uh, and it feels amazing afterwards. It's the hardest part of the whole theatrical kind of watery dance that I do. Um, staying above the water where it's marginally warmer is more comfortable. Um, so why would I want to experience the discomfort slash pain of having to go beneath the surface? I hear you. And yet, I know how enlivened um, and energized and courageous I feel once I've come back up for air. And it's worth it every single time. For some of you, your inner life might be completely unexplored terrain. And for others of you, you might feel really well-versed in your own emotional landscape. Um, this image of an iceberg um, is a, is a well-used analogy for explaining our external and our internal worlds. Um, it was a concept introduced by Freud, and it's often used with young people to think about the, the things that we express on the surface and all the other stuff that we keep hidden underneath the surface. The emotions, the parts of ourselves that keep tucked away from view, or we just don't have the awareness that they're there. And I'm really passionate about helping young people develop emotional literacy to enable them to enlarge their capacity to feel and understand themselves. And I think as adults and as followers of Jesus, we have to continue to do the same. And Gabor Mate, the most wrinkly man on the planet, agrees with me. 
Uh, he says that emotional competence requires the capacity to feel our emotions. As humans, we both long for and fear being fully known. The theme of hiddenness is threaded throughout the biblical story from the very beginning, starting with our shame and our separateness from God. Being known can be terrifying. Permitting others to know you means you grant them the option to love you or to reject you. And it can feel like a huge risk to show and reveal your full self. And allowing ourselves to be known by God requires vulnerability. And it's often impacted by our past experiences of being known and and how well we know ourselves and how we relate to others. The psalmist in 139 um, knows how crucial this inner examination is in our journey being known by God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. It's a pretty courageous prayer, uh, but it's an essential one if we are to become emotionally and spiritually mature. Tyler Staten, the pastor at Bridgetown Church, um, asked these two excellent questions in a sermon recently. Um, What makes a person deep? And what are the conditions within which a human soul grows up? We cannot grow an emotionally healthy church without addressing some of the issues beneath the surface of our own lives. Uh, We need a spiritual basis for this. Um, God is committed to our wholeness. I really believe that. And uh, in the book, Emotionally Healthy Church, that we're kind of lifting this series from, Pete Cazero uh, uses the story of Eustace um, from C.S. Lewis's um, Chronicles of Narnia. And it describes the often painful but really freeing process of change that God invites us into as we begin to look beneath the surface. Uh, Once the young boy, Eustace, is now this scaly, ugly dragon as a consequence of all the stuff beneath the surface of his life Um, and Aslan leads him to a pool to bathe and begins to remove the layers of thick hard skin that now cover him and so begins this dramatic transformation from dragon to boy and it's hard and it hurts becoming acquainted with the emotions that live underneath the surface, the reality of what's going on in our hearts can cause discomfort and pain. And I I understand why it's something we resist and why some of us just choose not to do it. I get it. But God does not mean for it to be a solo adventure. Just like Aslan journeys with Eustace to the pool, God journeys with us. And not only that, he provides a community within which we can also learn healthy emotional formation if we want to take up the offer, because it's always an offer. It's never an absolute. I guess I wonder, what are the emotional layers that God has not yet touched in your life? Pete Scazzaro continues to be really honest about the reality of this this stuff. Uh, We can encounter ugly things about ourselves when we go beneath the surface. That's the hard news. The good news is that the gospel is like the safety net. Um, God is our firm foundation, Isaiah 33. Underneath are the everlasting arms, Deuteronomy 33. And if that's true, then maybe, just maybe, we can begin to take the risk of taking an honest examination of our feelings and allow the gospel to transform us.
God's depiction as an emotional being in the Bible shows us that he, ca- he cares for and engages with humanity through relationships. Our emotions are important to God. And so often we can just uh, show disdain towards our emotions or we just try to get rid of them. We, we push them beneath the surface. We reject our anger. We run away from our fear. We try to eradicate jealousy. And, and that's part of the problem Dan Allender is a Christian uh, therapist and writer, and he says how ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality, and we lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. The invitation from the psalmist is to over and over and over and over again to bring our emotions before God honestly, not hiding them from him or ourselves, because emotions point to the areas of our lives, the patterns of behavior and belief systems that need tending to. He's the gardener. Fostering emotional health is a sign of emotional maturity. Uh, I wonder who comes to mind um, for you when you think of those followers of Jesus in your life who demonstrate emotional maturity, and I wonder what their relationship with God is like. We can experience many barriers to developing greater intimacy with God. Uh, For some, talking about emotions with ourselves, with others, with God is really hard. We've never been, it's never been modeled to us. We've never been given the language to know how to do it. Um, But for some people, the repression of feelings can be viewed as a virtue. So like a sign of strength, ignoring, skipping over, running over, avoiding stuff kind of becomes part of our spiritual life. The truth is that if we're disconnected to our own feelings, it's going to be really hard for us to feel connected to the feelings that God has for us. Jesus had a full sense of who he, what he was about. Uh, in the verse we, we heard, for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him. And he was deeply aware of who he was, and he was deeply aware of what he was doing. Uh, Psychologist Kurt Thompson uh, describes Jesus' understanding of God's feelings towards us. Jesus was deeply aware that God's fundamental orientation was towards his entire creation. Humans especially, it was one of deep, compassionate affection. And his life was a response to that acute awareness the depth he felt of being known and loved by his father. Um, Jesus expressed his emotions with unashamed, unembarrassed freedom in the most healthy way. He didn't repress his emotions or project his feelings onto others. He wasn't defensive or insecure. He didn't have to compensate for feelings of shame or inadequacy. He felt he didn't actually feel any of those things. Can you imagine And he experienced the full range of human emotion. He was basically the most emotionally intelligent human there ever was. He was a man of sorrows with a deep, passionate, emotional life. And because of his humanness, we are invited to become fully human like him. And this is really good news um, because it means that he knows. And it's his humanity that gives me hope. His emotional expression is like ours, yes, but it's also for ours. But he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. 
I am perfectly loved and accepted because of Jesus' Christ's life, death, and resurrection for me. I have nothing to prove. And he says, you're safe here with me. In him, all things hold together. And we consistently see Jesus seeking to take people below the surface in order to transform them from the inside out. And he wants to do that with every single one of you. Um, I'm, I'm a big advocate of therapy. Um, it, it has been and continues to be a really important part of my own journey. And I'm not saying you all need to go to therapy. Um, but one of the ways I describe therapy to the young people I work with is um, use this analogy of like tipping out all of the stuff that lives within us. And then slowly and carefully and kindly and with another, putting them back together, putting them back in so they sit more, comfort, more comfortably and easily within us. And another word for that is integration, wholeness. And that's, that's what Jesus offers, making peace with. I guess I'm asking you to consider inviting God to bring awareness and transform those beneath the surface layers, not as a way to feel condemned or to feel more shame than you already carry in your body. He's kinder than that. So often we're, we're hyper-focused on the sin in our lives and we forget that it, it lives within us often because of the wounding we have received. And that's not an excuse for sin. It's an explanation of why we keep returning to the sinful patterns that we do. And there is grace. Jay Stringer, he's a counselor and writer, and he's written about um, one of the best books I've written. Of, I haven't written it. That would be great. Didn't write it. Read it. Um, on unwanted patterns of behavior. And he says that approaches to healing that are centered on what is wrong with us will never lead to the type of transformation we desire or deserve. The gospel teaches us we are beloved. So maybe over the next six weeks, become curious about and begin to wonder about what is going on in me that Jesus is trying to change. And whilst you do that, allow God's overwhelming love for you to sink into your bones, into your inmost being. I love how Tyler Staten says it. He says, God's very emotional love for me heals the deepest parts of me. Knowing and understanding the world of feelings, thoughts, desires, and hopes, it's hard work. And it takes time and energy and inconvenience and disruption and courage and a solid understanding of the grace of God. God loves us without condition. Um, we know we're not lost anymore, but I think we forget that we're free. Susan David, in her book, um, Emotional Agility, suggests we begin trying to experience emotions with curiosity, self-compassion, and acceptance. Just welcome your inner experiences. Learn their contours without running for the exit. Release the narratives that no longer serve you. Freedom from perfectionism. And just open up to being loved. Loved by him, by this community of people sat here, just all trying to be human, 
and longing to be whole. I'm going to pray um, before the worship band come back up. Um, and I, I know for some of you, um, you might be sat there thinking, emotions from emotions. Um, but actually, um, I, think, I think this stuff is really important. And I think God is inviting all of us to just inch that ever closer to that pool, like Aslan did for, Aslan did for you. So just come a bit closer. Let's just have a look and see what's inside. You don't have to jump in. You don't have to go for a deep dive swim. Just come to the edge with me. I'll hold your hand. I'm here. Um, so I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for every single person who sat here this morning. I love the way that you have made each of them beautifully unique. The way you have forged their hearts. And I, I really believe that you want us to be like you. And part of that process means learning and being curious about the stuff in us. Not as like an introspective, navel-gazing exercise, let's just look inwards. Not in a, let's just like have a really painful experience pulling up all our stuff, but a kind, gentle, forming process of you just wrapping your arms around us, Holy Spirit. Just saying, I love you, I love all of you. I want to I help you to become more free. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, this morning to just come into this place. Let our hearts be soft and open. And over the next six weeks, would we experience um, a beginning of transformation that maybe we've, we've never experienced? And we say we trust you, God, with our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies. And we say, come, because that's what you do. Pray these things in your name. Amen.